Father, we just thank you today for your faithfulness in providing for all of our households, that you are a good shepherd, a good father, and as we know you and walk with you, we shall not want. We've never seen the righteous begging bread because you know how to care for your kids. So we receive this offering with gratitude, with thankfulness, and eager anticipation for all the things you'll do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ho! Ho! Shoo! Hmm. It really struck me this morning. Um, I don't know if it did you or not. When we sang, when we sang, I exalt thee, wasn't that an anthem? I mean, it connected in like a really deep place in my heart. I mean, I was just like, yes, God, I exalt you. I lift you up. I want you glorified. I want others to know you for who you are, how good you are. Father, you've overwhelmed me. You've been so good in my life. I lift you up in every area. Was, is that just me or is that me being excited again? You all look kind of calm. I don't, maybe you're, oh, you're not used to going to church in person. That's what the, We'll warm you up. Don't, don't worry about it. But for me, singing I Exalt Thee is really the primary calling of sons and daughters who are walking with God, isn't it? That your life is meant to bring him glory. Your life is meant to show other people his goodness. You're supposed to demonstrate his character in all that you do to other people. Amen? So you've got to wonder, how in the world do you do that? Uh, several years ago, I was praying and journaling, and I heard one of the more profound things in that still, small voice that I've heard for years, actually. I was just praying, and I heard, uh, you know, I, I hear from the Holy Spirit a fair amount. I've heard from the Father but I don't know if something's wrong with me. I don't hear from Jesus as often as I do the Father or from the Spirit. Um, but in this case, I knew it was actually Jesus talking to me. And what he said was, I walk in the hearts, in the flames of hearts that burn for me. Jesus said, I walk in the flames of hearts that burn for me. People who experience God's presence will be manifesting his glory as they burn for him. How do you maintain the fire in your heart? How do you maintain a devotion, a genuine exaltation, an adoration for God? How do you keep it from getting stale or taking it for granted? And by the way, ho! Oh, I, I guess I'll share it now. I wasn't going to, but... I'm feeling free because I'm looking in human faces. I'm seeing you respond. It's unbelievable. I'll, I'll try to look in the camera sometimes too, but the camera is so impersonal. You know, I, it, for the last year, I've been pretending that you're behind that lens, and so I, I've, I've done my best. Um, I distracted myself just then. Wow. Oh. So let me, let me get back to it for a sec. I remember where I was going. Uh, by the way, if, if, so, if I forget, somebody remind me. It was Psalms 37.4. But I'm sticking something else in here right now. Do you know I got the little reminder on Facebook? Do you ever get that where it says, five years ago today, right? And it shows you what you were doing. Uh, mine came up this morning, and I couldn't believe it. One year ago today, we had a church service, and we taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
How do you get filled in the Spirit? And how do you continually be being filled in the Spirit? What does it mean, the laying on of hands and the impartation of the Spirit? And it was a wonderful time, but you know what really got me about abiding place? You know, we, we, I don't know what our average median age is, but it's probably 55 or so, right? Or it's the, Thank you, Cheryl, or so. And uh, when we gave an altar call to be baptized in the Spirit, the altar filled up. There were people so hungry to have God in the forefront of their mind, being exalted through their lives, that people humbled their hearts, came on forward, and there was a picture of me just praying for people for that baptism. And that was our last service. But, yep, before we had to shut down for the pandemic. And I thought, God, you are just crazy good. You got everybody filled in the Spirit before we had to learn to gather in different ways and to maintain that fire without the benefit of this kind of fellowship and this kind of atmosphere. But what really blew my mind was to see hungry hearts, to see people like, I want more. You know, what, what does God say in the Beatitudes? That the hungry, they're going to be fed. They're going to be filled. So maintaining that hunger for God, but then letting that hunger turn into a fire that just burns for him, that is actually the subject of our, our today. How do we set our hearts on fire? And by the way, how do we set other people's hearts on fire for him? So uh, anybody want to remind me? Psalms 37.4. It's not even in my notes, but uh, it's, I, it fits so well. Uh, I was doing soaking prayer several years ago, and uh, I learned a prayer exercise. If, if you really want to pray and connect with the Lord, and you don't know what else to do, take a favorite verse and start praying his word. He loves to answer his word. So if you take a verse and read it and let the Holy Spirit begin to show you, and what do you want to show me about that, and just kind of soak in it and let him expand for you personally what his word is saying for you today. So we were doing that as an exercise during soaking, and our verse, the one I picked was Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. So here's an interesting thought. God loves to answer prayer, right, Lori? If you want it, just ask. And if you ask according to his will, so if it's his desire, and if it's your desire, what in the world can keep it from happening? Can anything stop agreement between heaven and earth? I think not. He wants to open up the heavens over all of our lives today and see things from his perspective, declare things from his perspective. And, and it starts by delighting you. God, you're good. When I'm cranky and I have a bad day and I'm, I'm an unappreciative kid, I'm still going to declare your goodness. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to enter your courts that way, God. Right? So we delight ourselves in the Lord. And then you can pray, Lord, what desire, what dream, what promise do I have in my heart that came from you? What dream that I have is your dream too, God, and how can I pray in that kind of faith? Come on, anybody getting excited? Wouldn't it be nice to know what that dream is? So I go, okay, so ask the Lord, what is that dream, what is that desire he put in you? God is so good. He's so sweet. The way he talks to his sons and daughters, the kindness, the power, the care that he has for you. 
every time I encounter him, I'm just, God, why are you so good to me? So that time I was praying, God, what desire do I have that's your desire as well? And I only heard two words. With God, one word can change your life. Two words can turn you upside down. 66 books can revolutionize the world. So I said, Lord, what desire do I have? And all, all I heard was contagious adoration. Lord, I want to adore you. I just want to exalt you. I want to know you so well that others are going to see you in my life and they're going to want you. They're going to, it's going to infect them. I want to have virus kind of Holy Spirit love pouring out of my, forget COVID. Oh, infect me with Jesus. With a love for who God is. And it blew up inside of me. I was just like, God, you're freaking me out. You couldn't have said something that touched my heart more. And just as a side note, by the way, and I'll forewarn you, because God is releasing his church out on this world. We have been shaken. We have been changed. Um, Bill Johnson says you've got to consider sometimes what ended at the cross, like blood sacrifice, what started at the cross, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and what passed through the cross? Those are really good questions. Davidic worship was in the Old Testament, and we still dance before the Lord and worship the way David did and want to grow in that. Amen? So my question to you is, what ended at COVID? What passed through COVID and what started with COVID? Hello, online team. For us, it's you who are listening who aren't in this auditorium. How? And so... As we're pressing into this new season, God wants to loose his church on the earth as he always has. But we have new opportunities, people reaching out to the homeless in our pantry and the school of ministry and so many other things, the prayer walks that Lori is doing. And I mean, just a number of different areas. But if it isn't done out of love, if it isn't done out of devotion, if it isn't done out of a heart of exalting Jesus, it's just activity. But if it's in response to what he has said, he puts his empowerment on the things that he speaks into our life. So just as a quick example, when he said contagious adoration, the short version of this, I don't know why, I was asked to speak on a panel at George Fox University. I was speaking to their graduate department, and it was all about uh, counseling and spirituality and how to integrate them, basically. And I was their token pastor. Everybody else was representing counseling centers and taking court-mandated cases and this and that. And then there's Charlie. Hi, everybody. I love Jesus, you know. And so, and I'd spoken on that panel before, and it was always pretty good. But that year, because the night before I heard the Lord say contagious adoration, I'm going, well, in reality, it all comes down to your personal relationship, your walk with the Lord, what you're hearing him say, and... And then I said, last night I was praying, and I just asked the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then I said those two words. I have never seen this before. The entire room of students and the panel, everybody like, <laughs> contagious adoration hit the room. And all the students like, well, you know, what really is it about our love for him? And it's about, I mean, I mean, I mean, guys, it was weird. It was so weird that at the end of our discussion time, every person on that panel asked me for a business card and wanted to get together and to talk more. They weren't worshiping Charlie. 
there was contagious adoration for Jesus, and it touched people's hearts. Does that make sense? Come on. And if there's ever a season to see that, it's now. So I want to be as clear as I can, as succinct as I can, but I've been in a time the last two months, ho, of the Lord speaking into my life in a new level of faith where anything he says, I now believe he wants to empower for me to walk in. Let me go the next level. I believe everything that Lord says to you in your prayer life, through his word, everything he says, he's going to empower you to walk in it to experience it. And it's not because you deserve it, and it's not because you're going to try hard enough, and it's not because you're even good enough. It's because he's that good. He's going to honor his word. Amen? Oh! Shoo! So the first verse that blew me up about this whole thing is John 6, 63. And if all you can do is make a commitment right now in your heart, okay, let me, Lord, give me faith to receive this. Let me believe this in a deeper transformational way. If that's all you get from today, you have a lot. So John, but this is like a walk through the book of John, by the way. I don't know what it is, and I, I'm going to read through the whole book again, but the chapters in John in this season are blowing up inside of me and changing me. So John 6.63 says, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The words that Jesus spoke, when he spoke them to the disciples, those words were not just concepts. Those words became the living presence of the Holy Spirit in the heart and the mind of the receiver. They had an encounter with God, and at that point, their options immediately changed. They could choose to say, I receive that, or they could analyze it, question it, disregard it, ignore it, be numb to it. But if they received the words that Jesus said, every word that he spoke already had the power contained in the word for it to come to pass. Are you with me? Let that sink in, because I know for a fact God has spoken to every one of you in his own way, in a unique way, both through his word, both through prophecy, and through the still small voice. I have not honored his word in the way that I want to in the past. You know, the way I haven't pondered, reflected, applied my faith. And so, oh, this is a very, for me, powerful, transformational reality. <clears throat> so, let me give you one, um, a recent one. We were, we're going through the class, The Way of Life, by Bill Johnson. Every session so far has left me shaken and just gripped by some of the concepts that were being shared. I don't know if it's because my heart is ready. I don't know if I'm that desperate. I don't know if I'm in touch with how needy I am, but I'm receptive right now, and I want to stay receptive. Oh, 
So we were going through uh, a teaching about Jesus, and uh, there was a verse. What, what book do you think it was from? Hey, there you go. Don't get sick of John, because you're going to hear a lot of John. Oh, John 14, 30. Jesus again was talking to his disciples, and he said the most amazing thing. He said, the devil had no claim on me. The devil found nothing in Jesus that he could tempt, that he could lie, that he could influence. Jesus' only influence was his father, right? That's a, an inheritance. That is a, Jesus is our big brother. Jesus, we know Jesus is fully God, right? And for years, I thought, well, it's no big deal for Jesus to heal or to do miracles or deliverance because he's God. He's cheating. But the reality is, theology says Jesus is what? He's also fully man. Is that right? He's just like us in every way and tempted and yet without sin because the devil found no claim in him. And so all the miracles that Jesus did, he did as fully man which means if we stir up our hearts, set our hearts on fire, we allow Jesus to walk in the flames of hearts that are burning for him, he will do what? The same works through us. And by the way, what else? And greater. Well, that just seemed like a theoretical verse to me. But I'm now getting hungry. I, I want that more and more. But that means that everything that Jesus did is an example of what's available to us. Lay a hold of that. Don't just write it off like that's just for Jesus. That's for me. So that means your weakness, your areas of temptation, your areas where you're vulnerable to deception, Jesus is healing each one of us from our brokenness, from our weakness. He wants to free us in some area of our life and every area he speaks to, he's going to empower you to walk in. Have you ever thought you could be free of your own weakness? I not, not, not to this degree, I haven't. I just figure, well, that's my lot in life. I've got my blind spots. I got, I've got, I'm kind of fed up. I don't want the devil to find any claim on me. I don't want him to find a chink in the armor, a blind spot. I want, I, Lord, any area you want to touch, it's all yours because I'm dead anyway. Come on. He's growing us up. He's maturing us. He's healing us. He's moving us to walk in the full measure of everything that Jesus was while he was here on earth. That's our inheritance. That's our destiny. So we don't have to keep going around the same mountains all the time. I want to see the church be the emergency room for healing for human souls to find wholeness in Jesus. Come on. I'm tired of the areas that I've been struggling with, and, and I want to focus on him and know that he wants to set me free from those weaknesses. He's going to bring a breakthrough, like we sang today. We're going to have a victory in him in those kinds of areas because this is true for all of us. So I thought, okay, this is a very interesting concept. So I challenge you, we're going to end on a dream, but we're going to start on a weakness. So if you're buying what I'm saying so far, if you have a, a measure of faith, remember, even a mustard seed, it doesn't take much. 
Anybody have mustard seed size faith right now? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yeah, I know you. Tanya wasn't raising her hand. So like, I see faith all over you. What are you talking about? How? So all it takes is a little faith that the Lord wants to bring freedom into your life from areas of struggle and of weakness. So we did uh, an activation exercise, which we're going to do right now, and just ask the Lord quickly in faith, Father, this morning, what area do you want to speak to in my life that you want to set me free from an area of weakness or brokenness? So go ahead, just ask the Lord. Oh, So can I just say to you, whatever you heard, whatever area he might have brought to your mind, if he brought it to your mind, he only has a good purpose. He's not condemning anyone. He's not shaming anyone. He's right now, if he spoke it, any area, he's empowering you in this moment to find his strength in that area of your weakness. He's bringing a breakthrough right now this morning in Jesus' name for all of us because he wants a bride who is pure and spotless and the enemy has no claim upon there's no vulnerability in in you in that area oh so uh, i will give you a glimpse uh when i just sat and did that and how many of you when the lord starts to speak do you immediately go is that god is that me is that the devil do you begin to analyze we i, I do still it's amazing i know i'm not supposed to but i immediately try to figure out is this really god you've, you've got to stop that game and just say wait Lord, this is what came into my mind. What do you want to show me about that? So when we did this exercise on Tuesday night, first thing that came to my mind was time. I thought, oh, that's me. I thought, oh, I did it again. Okay, Lord, what do you want to show me about time? And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know what he said? Will you be in control of your time or will you let me be in control of your time? Right now, I want my heart to be present with the Lord. I want to be doing what he wants me to do. And then, later today, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to have lunch, and then I'm going to watch Storage Wars, because now it's my time, you know? And all of a sudden, without condemnation, when I did this little exercise, for the first time, it's like, oh, I've been in control of my time most of my life. Most of my time. What if the Lord is speaking into this area of my life, He's going to actually empower me moment by moment to say, Lord, is there something you want to do in this moment? Is there something you're doing now? It was amazing. And, and that was over a week ago, and it's still in the forefront of my mind. I want to give him my schedule. I want his agenda and not mine. And by the way, instead of feeling guilt or obligation, it's like, what's he going to do? It's going to be so much more fun to put him in charge of my time. Instead of me being in charge of anybody, can you relate? If you want to be honest, how many of you would say that you are in control of your time more than he is? That's a place that needs to get healed for all of us and for joy, for the fun, for the excitement, and for the purpose that he has for that time. Oh, okay, so let me give you the good news. Um, oh. Oh, one verse that isn't, oh, I've had that one verse that isn't already in John, but this is Psalms um, 34.1. So it says, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say think and imagine that he's good. It's like taste him, experience him, and then you'll actually see. Your way of seeing God will change. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed. He's not an abusive father. He's not whatever the tapes were that were in our heads before. He's actually good, and he wants to reveal his goodness to us and through us, right? Taste him, and you will see for yourself that he is genuinely good. Um, again, Bill Johnson has a series that we've taught God is good. I love the, the subtitle. He's better than you think. No matter how good you think God is this morning, guess what? He's better. You can't imagine him being better than he is, in, in my opinion. So now, if you hold that as an anchor, if you know his word declares he's good, and his word is going to fulfill itself, he wants to prove his goodness through your life, then let me ask this. If you really believe God is good, what are you trusting him for? What dream do you have that you can give his goodness to, that you can apply his goodness to? What vision of your life, you know? What promise? If he's good, then you can be confident he's going to be with you in it. An old pastor friend of mine, Steve Kenny, used to say, uh, uh, when you're asking about thinking of a, a dream for God, what would you do if money wasn't an issue? If you didn't have to worry about your bank account? What would you do if you knew ahead of time you were going to succeed? And what would you do if you weren't selfish? You want to get God inside a dream, let his goodness come through your life? Ask those three questions and go, well, if I wasn't worried about money, if I wasn't worried about myself, and if I already knew I was going to... Isn't that a great way to begin to dream a little bit? Ho! So I'm going to share my dream first, and then I want to, as we close, give you an opportunity to let God reawaken a, maybe a dream that has faded in your life, a promise that he's spoken of you, over you that you haven't seen come to pass yet. But again, this is a season to not just be in the classroom of Christianity. This is a time to be stepping out in faith. This is a time to be getting set free of our weaknesses and begin to walk and manifest our destiny and our purposes. Amen? Give me a better amen than that. Amen! One more. Amen! Okay, side note. Remind me where I was going, Lori. Um, I'll make this quick. But I've, you remember I've said over the last few months that I've been wanting to trust God for more and more Holy Spirit-empowered encounters throughout my day, right? Wow, watch out what you pray for. This week, getting ready to reopen service, I talked to my dear friend Chad Woolen. We've been talking once a month now, and there are crazy times of what God's doing in his life and the, the changes he's making and the, the transitions he's going through and everything, and I, I'm pouring my heart out to him and and so at the end, you know, I start praying over him and blessing everything God was doing and speaking faith into it all. And then Chad so beautifully took the issues that were close to my heart and just took them before the Lord and spoke faith into it all. Can, a little bit of excitement. I can make going to the grocery store exciting. But I had a wonderful time with Chad, so much so that he prayed at the end. And how did he end his prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. And I said, Chad, 
this has been such a wonderful talk. I so just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in our time together. Can I close our prayer a little bit differently? He's like, sure, I don't care, Charlie. I go, okay. In Jesus' name, come on! I like that. That's a good way to end any prayer. In Jesus' name, come on, Lord, do it. I know you're doing it. <laughs> so, I've been seeing a lot more Holy Spirit encounters. I won't even talk about them, but it is this answer of setting other people's hearts on fire. And by the way, you want to find joy in your life? Bring joy into other people's lives and see what happens inside of you. You need to stir up the fire in your heart? Set someone else on fire. Begin to let them fall in love with the Lord, and all you're going to do is fall more in love with Him as well. That's a good word right there. So, when we're like, okay, God, I believe you're good. I want to have dream dreams. And by the way, he's also what? A God of the impossible. What's impossible with man is possible with God. If your dream is so small that you can accomplish it right now with your bank account and your own personal gifting, it's not a dream from God. Because it's not big enough. Amen? So I'm like, okay, God, I believe you're good. We're going to activate and not just talk about this stuff. So, what, Lord, what dream do you want to touch in my life? And I just heard as clear as a bell. I want the empowerment, the grace from him to set other people's hearts on fire. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I know I can't do it in human ability. But God put a desire in my heart to see all of you on fire, burning for him, a community of burning hearts. And I can't do it, but my declaration this morning is God can do it in me. He's already said he's given me contagious adoration. And so I want to partner with the Spirit because when Jesus spoke, his words became spirit and life. And that's my inheritance, and that's your inheritance. They're not just your words. When they're really from him, they're his words, now deposited and growing and flourishing in the hearts of sons and daughters. Come on. That's a good word. It's a much gooder word than you're reacting to. How? <laughs> oh. oh, I'm just, he, he, he has not been pulling all of this together for nothing. And, and I just see his goodness in it all. And, and I'm excited, and I'm not going to do it in my own flesh. I will say the last thing people ask me, yeah, but Charlie, how are you going to do it? You know, so they, people always want to have the, ha the how-to. And I don't really have, I do have a good answer for that, but it, I bet you can all see it coming. You already know. Whoa. How did the disciples do everything that they did to turn Jerusalem and the first century church upside down? The, their enemies said, well, clearly, they've been with Jesus. You know, that's it, the time that I spend with him. If I think I'm going to do it in human intellect or wisdom, that's not going to work. But if I burn for him and I spend time with him, and I let him speak these things into my life, and then I begin to trust him for them and seek him for them and be with him in them, nothing can keep them from coming to pass for you or for me.
So let's just take another quick moment. I want you in this ad atmosphere of faith to ask the Lord, what is a dream? What is a promise that you want to speak into and breathe upon today for me personally? Oh, thank you. So I'll tell you what, I want to honor this moment. I can, I can honestly feel there's a tug just on my heart of, of faith that people have to receive from God. So we're going to go ahead and conclude the service, but I want to do two things. If you don't run off, if you want to wait on the Lord and just ask him again to bring back a dream he put in your heart that maybe has faded, a promise that you haven't seen fulfilled, just sit here with that. But I also want to offer to pray. If you got a specific thing, if we had time, I would even ask from the floor if anybody had a specific area, because I believe you should tell somebody. If you've had an encounter with the Lord today, if he spoke a dream into your heart, share it with somebody today. Don't feel like you've got to hang on to it and hide it. Begin to put it out there and let the Lord, you know, come into agreement with somebody else about that dream. But this morning, I want to make myself available to pray for you for that dream as well. So I will put my mask on. God bless you all for being amazing in honoring the social distancing and the mask, you know, requirement that we have here. Uh, I'm believing God that we won't even have one contagion of infection from our times together. And I just appreciate you all loving each other enough to be caring about that. So um, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, you can wait in the sanctuary here if you want. Glory, if somebody could put on, Miko, if you could put on some quiet soaking music or worship music. I'll stay here as long as people want prayer to find agreement for the dream that God has put in your heart because he's a good God. And he wants to shake your world, set you on fire, and draw other people to himself through that fire. So Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for the areas of weakness and brokenness that you're healing in us by your word. I thank you, Father, for the areas that you're calling each one of us to step out in and take risk and new levels of faith, God, to see your life come, that when we speak, your, our words become spirit in the receiver uh, into their heart, God, and those seeds can take root and grow and produce all the fruit that you desire. God, your words were spirit and they only brought life because you are so, so good and you're raising our level of faith, raising our level of belief that you want to move the same way through our lives that you did while you were here on earth. So I thank you for every dream that you've awakened in people's hearts. I ask for them to not try to do it in their own strength, but to seek the empowerment, the grace that you give that every word you speak to us, you're going to empower us to find that breakthrough, that victory, and to succeed in. And I thank you for that. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Woo! Welcome home. <laughs>
It's so good.